You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Bacchino, and today we have David Maxwell back on air from Launceston. Welcome, David. How are you, Carmelina? It's good to be back. Yes, it is, and it's good to have you back. It's your first um, program for the year, getting excited. (laughs) Yes, yes, we'll be doing quite a few in this series, so I'm looking Mm. forward to presenting. Awesome, and I'm sure everyone's excited to hear um, what you have to share. And um, this is a new series as well, and it's titled, Are You Listening? Mm. Mm. I think it's appropriate for the raid to go, (laughs) because... not going to be able to hear us if you're not listening. That's a very good one. (laughs) Um, So last year, David, you've been sharing um, a lot with us about your journey um, so far. Um, What have you got to share with us today? Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. So uh, throughout this series, I want to share a different proverb each week and encourage our listeners with those proverbs. And today I'd like to share Proverbs 3, 5, and six, and this is quite a, a significant proverb for me, I guess you could say. Mm. And it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your, um, direct your paths. Mm. Now, this means a lot to me personally because my, um, my nana, when we were getting married, uh, my nana was still alive and mm. she gave me a promise a Bible promise, as grandmas usually do. Mm. And this was the promise she gave me. And what I have found throughout my life since then is that it has been probably more recently than other times, but it's been a real treasure to have this promise that I've been able to rely on. I'm not sure I understand. Well, I thought I'd made her quiet. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Smartphones are not that smart, are they? No, they're not. (laughs) But it's been a real great help to me because Mm. when I've found things that are beyond my ability to cope, I remember this verse Mm. and it says, you know, trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. And that's been a real key thing for me because we like to answer everything. We like to have the solutions. Mm. And what I found is when I trust in God rather than leaning on my own understanding, then things work out a lot better Mm. often, usually. Yeah. So the question I'm asking, sort of I'm going to address a question today. Look, that's a really great sentiment. But how do we know when we attempt to put that into action, how do we know that those sentiments in the Bible are accurate, are true, are real? Mm. And that's what I want to really talk about a little bit today um, as as we continue on. Mm, Absolutely. And for those of you who are listening in, um, you can... See, you can go back and listen to all of the past programs that David has done on Faith FM by checking them out on the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. So be sure to check those out um, when you have a moment. There's some great series on that. So, um, yeah, always uh, always a pleasure having David on the show with us. <laughs> so, um, 
What can you tell us about this series then? You know, are you listening? Um, so you've explained it with, you know, trust in God, which is something mm. I think we all struggle with. I personally can say I struggle with that sometimes. Mm. Um, but are you listening? It's like, um, does he have a message for us or something? Yeah, that's mm. right. And so what, what I want to do as I begin the series, Are You Listening? I want to look at a number of key biblical top, topics that I mm. find are important for a person to know about God, about Jesus, and about what it means to be saved. And the topic today we're going to look at is a trustworthy source. Mm. But first, before the break, I want to ask a listener question, as we usually do, mm. and then our listeners can, you know, give us a bit of feedback throughout the program or uh, ask their own questions if they want to. I really I really enjoy getting this feedback because when we get this feedback, mm. we're able to answer questions perhaps that we've raised that are not addressed in the program, mm. but it also helps us to be able to uh, answer questions that people might have as we do present the program mm. and, and that we might actually raise in their minds but not answer in the content. Mm. So the question I want to raise today, really it's not my question, but it's one that I've heard and, and I'd really like to um, share it today. What's your purpose for reading the Bible? Now, a good friend of mine says that unless you know what your purpose for reading is, and if you've been listening to Faith FM and different types of programs, you might have heard this presented. But he says, unless you know what your purpose for reading is, then you most likely won't get out of your reading of the Bible what you should, or you won't put much priority on it. Mm. What I mean by that is I, I have a number of reasons for reading the Bible, and the first is to try and understand what God wants for me. That's my first re reason for reading it. My second reason is to discover more about Jesus. So mm -hmm. as I try and understand what God wants for me and I'm reading the Bible, I find out about this man called Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then the last reason is to better understand God himself and the Bible overall. So I'm reading through because I, I know this is a book that's important to read. And then I find out about Jesus, so I want to discover more, so that's another reason I want to read. Mm. And then to better understand God in the person of Jesus and God and the universe and how things are together and why I'm here and all of these other reasons, that's the reason I read it as well. So one is a heart reason, one is a mental reason, and uh, altogether it's understanding and transform, transforming my life. They're the reasons I read it. So for me, it's important when I read it every single day because I want to get those things out of it. Mm, absolutely. So what's your purpose for reading the Bible? Mm, like, <laughs> you got um, a purpose? I do, I do. Like, um, I'm... I've been quite poor as of late of reading my Bible regularly. I used to be quite um, consistent with it, but mm. I find myself more often when I do pick up the Bible is when I'm feeling a bit lost. So I'm looking for something. I'm looking for direction. I'm looking for mm. God to give me some sort of indication of what's next, what's next, what should I do in this current situation. And I love mm. how you set out um, all these different reasons and, you know, preparing your mind and your heart. I remember in, um, I've done a lot of Sabbath schools, um, and, um, Bible studies where they recommend a certain, uh, 
procedure or process mm-hmm. when it comes to reading the Bible. They they right. say make sure you pray first and then you read it and then you read it again or <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever verse you're mm-hmm. looking at and read it again, look at the context or look at it this way yep. and all the different angles. So um, I really love how you bro- broke it down. Like what is your reason for um, all mm. these different, all these different reasons. Like, I love the different perspectives because mm. um, perspective is very important. I think when it comes to the Bible, there's um, so many different ways you can look at things, and mm. so yeah, um, that's what uh, that's something I could I could try and use a bit more with my mm. own with my own reading. So thank you. Um, so yeah. yes, just to remind you, um, what is your purpose for reading the Bible? That is today's listener question. Be sure to text in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to hear from you and um, share with us why do you, what is your purpose for reading the Bible? Like, or maybe even in the past, was there a different reason as well? Because I know, do you know that song, David? Read your Bible, pray every day. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's an old song. It is an old song. I used to sing it as a child. And um, I think that was one that, you know, you just read it, but and it said that you would grow, but you didn't really know why. <laughs> or how. Or how, yeah. So I Does guess, it mean grow taller or yeah. bigger? I've grown a bit bigger. Oh, I stopped. <laughs> but is that what it means? <laughs> I didn't grow taller. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. So we'd love to hear from you this morning. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Well, I think it's time to go for a break. Um, Let's do that. Our first song is "Your Will Be Done" by City Alight.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we are talking with David Maxwell on the topic of a trustworthy source. This is a new series, Are You Listening? Are you listening out there? (laughs) Um, Before the break, we had a listener question, which was, what's your purpose for reading the Bible? Text us in this morning on 0488. 880-891. We would love to hear from you this morning. So, David, we're starting this new series, Are You Listening? And the topic of a trustworthy source. So, before the break, you said that in this series, we're going to look into a number of biblical topics that you feel are important um, for a person to know about God or Jesus and the Bible Mm. and what it means to be saved. So, what does today's topic have to do with that? Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Today we're going to look at some more information as to how we can know that we can trust the Bible today as a dependable source of historical and spiritual information, which is really, really important if that's what we're looking to get out of reading the Bible. Mm. But first I'm going to pray and then we're going to read the passage that we're looking at today. Well, I'll pray and then I'll get you to read the passage. How's that sound? Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can open up your word today and we have it all these years since it was written. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, that'll give you a bit of an insight into next week's program, but Ooh. nevertheless, we'll leave that till then. Today, could you read Second Peter 1, 20 to 21? And I'd like you to read it from the New Living Translation, if you could, please. Absolutely, I can. So it reads, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Thank you, Carmelina. Now, we'll dig a bit deeper into that in a moment. Mm. (laughs) My opening illustration is in January this year, Prince Harry released a book entitled Spare. Now, Mm. people have wondered, why did he call it Spare? Well, that's because he is the next king in waiting, if Mm. you like. So if something happens to King Charles or King Charles steps down, um, his brother gets the first bite of the cherry, if you like. Mm, So he is the next after that. So that's why he's called the book Spare, because he feels like he's in his brother's shadow. Mm. Anyway, so the book was lifting the veil of his untold story about what his life was like uh, during and after the loss of Diana and, and much after that as well. Is it all true just because it's written by Diana's son? Well. Many facts of the book are actually being debated by other people, uh, and they seem to say that many of those things that he's written in the book is untrue. So who's right? Well, Mm. you would have to actually have multiple witnesses to any particular event that's being written about, or else it's very hard to believe one way or the other, Mm. isn't it? Yeah. And the same can be said for the Bible. Yes, it's a well-written story of God's supposed leading of this group of people called the Israelites, and they're from one particular lineage down through time up until around 27 AD. And following this, there are a number of supposed first-hand witness accounts of the life of a man called Jesus of Nazareth. Mm. And the group of followers, obviously, they called his disciples that came after him in the first century AD and the church and whatever else happened after that. 
So how do we know that this information is true or accurate? Well, just like the information in Harry's book, Spare, It's either being confirmed or denied by others. There are other witnesses, and I use that in inverted commas, that mm. have been doing the same for the Bible content and stories for a very, very long time. And I want to share some of that this morning. Mm, yeah. So outside of the Bible rather than... Out. That's right. Oh. Outside of the Bible. Now, this is important because you open up a book and the book says, this book is true. Mm. It doesn't really mean anything, does it? No. How do you know the book's true? And it's the same for the Bible. So mm. there are many ways of first validating the information recorded in a book. Um, certainly if that information is intended to be true or accurate. So one is to consult other witnesses who were there at the time uh-huh. and ask them to confirm what's being examined. So that's that's one of the info, one of the ways. Now what I'm sharing here is some of the ways. I'm, you know, I'm not a know-all. I don't know everything, but these are just some of the ways that you confirm the accuracy of information. Mm. Google is okay, but you sometimes have to use another source. Certainly, if you go to college, they'll say don't use Google. Go and use a trusted source, which means peer-reviewed. Other people have looked at the information and they've said yes, this is accurate, or no, I disagree with that. So Google's great, but don't base all your health on Google advice. You might not end up being very healthy. No. <laughs> Another way is to compare other writings from the same period to see if they have some similar information. So one of the big stories early in, on in the Bible is the flood. Mm. So you look at other information, other stories, other cultures. Do they have flood stories as well? And amazingly, you will find lots and lots of historical uh, cultures and beliefs that contain a flood story of such. Mm. So that kind of makes you think, well, maybe there was a worldwide flood mm. if lots of people actually record it in their, in their history. Mm. So then the similar information can confirm or deny the accuracy of what you're reading. A third way is to compare written copies from long time apart. So if I look at a um, 4000 BC copy of a document and I look at a 1500 AD copy of a document and they're the same, well, it's more than likely I can trust those sources. Mm. But if they're different, you'd have to say why they're different. Mm. So the Dead Sea Scrolls actually help us to compare the old with the new. And these scrolls which are discovered in caves, and I've talked about these before, on the northwest shore of the Dead Sea in 1947, would have to be one of the world's greatest archaeological finds. Mm. Comparing these manuscripts, so they dated these manuscripts from about 100 BC, roundabout, mm. because of the coins and other things they found with them. Comparing these manuscripts with those we have now have actually helped to verify that the books contained in what we call the Bible today have been accurately transcribed, so copied mm. um, down through time. Seeing the old and new documents are essentially identical means that we can trust the information hasn't been changed over time. So that's the info within the documents. The largest and most complete book that's been found, you may have heard, is the book of Isaiah. And if you can go to Israel today, 
you can see this document, well, a copy of the document. They won't let you see the original, but even the copy of the document is protected behind glass. It's about nine feet long, wow. and it's wrapped around the inside of a um, the centre of a building, and the building is in the Israel Museum, and it's called the Shrine of the Book. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So... How do we know the original information is accurate in the first place, though? So, uh, recorded history is usually just one person's view, though, of what happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. So, what you're saying is um, even our historical documents, we go and see what historians have wrote about something. Mm. uh, Even that is just their view of it. So, how is it accurate? Right. Mm. Look, that's, that's a really good point. Carmelina. So while we can say that the information's been accurately copied down through past ages, just reading that this information is accurate from within the material itself doesn't prove anything. Okay. Mm. So like I said before, like you're asking, we need another source. And Mm. given that the books within the Bible were written between about 1400 BC and 100 AD, there's clearly no one alive today who can (laughs) verify the stories are accurate, right? So that's fine. But this is where archaeology stands in a league of its own. When mm. pottery and artifacts are dug up, they often contain words of particular people of antiquity which have been found to verify Bible stories. So they'll dig up a, a, a tablet, the tablet will say certain things, and you say, hey, the Bible said that. So mm. it helps to verify that information. Mm. One of these would be something called the Nabonidus Cylinder. So for centuries, historians debunked the Bible story about Belshazzar, there's a Bible um, story, there's a man uh, in the book of Daniel, and uh, the only records they could find in antiquity were that Nabonidus was the last king of the near Babylonian Empire. Mm. So that was... Until the discovery of this cylinder, the Nabonidus cylinder, the cylinder recorded a son of Nabonidus called Belshazzar. Oh. So uh, the Bible story was then confirmed. They said, no, was, this, this man never existed. We haven't found anything. Well, just because you don't find it mm. in the dirt doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. Because there's no one back there to come and, you know, give us witness. Mm. So this really helped them to say, hey, it would appear that although Nabonidus was king, Belshazzar, his son, was a co-regent mm. and he was in charge of Babylon when it was attacked. Um, Nabonidus turned out he was elsewhere at the time mm. and during the attack of Cyrus the king, Belshazzar was the one who was uh, was slain. Oh, wow. So, um, so all these findings and archaeological treasures, it's like digging up a commentary written um, by a person living at the time. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. is. It is. It's like a first-hand witness speaking up to us today because it's, you know the saying, written in stone or written in concrete. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's literally there. And as we dig it up, we confirm the facts that are in the Bible. Fascinating. Absolutely. And archaeology, mm. I think, has always held a little a soft spot in my heart because, you know, it's like it's like problem solving, but in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, actually yeah. like a puzzle, isn't it? Absolutely. And this is a piece of the puzzle that we dig up and it's real. It's right there and you can say, mm. hey, look, this person's name's there. 
And we didn't know about that really. But hey, the Bible told us. Yeah. We just didn't believe that there was nothing to back it up. Now here, this backs up the story that's in the Bible. Maybe there is some truth to it. Absolutely. Well, um, another, just to remind you all of our question this morning, what is your purpose for reading the Bible? Turns out it might be more true than we sometimes think. And also, just to let you guys know of our um, free book offer for this morning, the book is Bible Answers Megabook, 923 of Life's Toughest Questions with Simple, Direct Answers Straight from Scripture. Be sure to stick around to hear the code for that free offer today. This next song is My Hope is Built on Nothing Less by Bula, Bowser and Ikeel. Yes. 
sinking sand On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we have David Maxwell this morning on his series, Are You Listening? And David has been talking about a trustworthy source. So we've been looking at the Bible as a trustworthy source and looking at external um external sources that prove that it's a trustworthy source. Mm. So before the break, David, you were saying that archaeological history that has been discovered has helped verify um, the accuracy of the information contained in the Bible. Is there anything else that has helped verify the biblical information is accurate? Yes, there is. Thanks, Carmelina. Um, Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> and my mouth mixed up there. It's, That's a, fine. it's a difficult name. It's all good. <laughs> oh, no, it's actually pretty easy. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> As I said before the break, just saying something is true doesn't mean it is. Yes. Uh, but rather you need other evidence to reinforce the, the truth of the information being shared perhaps especially today, mm. uh, because there's so much information available about any topic, it's really hard to know what's true. And I think people who've been to uh, uh, to college or to university will be versed in uh, looking at trusted sources, oh, yes. uh, and, and they'll know what that means. So, mm. look, that's something other people need to be shown so that they can actually see, hey, don't just trust everything I type in Google mm-hmm. uh, or, or Yahoo. Like I'm yes. not picking on Google. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, those search engines, yes. social media, there's just so much information. Mm. So another example for this is uh, many years ago, I accurately predicted something that happened. Now, I don't remember actually what it was I predicted, but I do remember someone's comment about it. Jokingly, they, they said, uh, oh, you must be a prophet. <laughs> well, I'm no prophet. <laughs> but clearly, if someone's predictions come true, it's more than likely you'll believe that they have some kind of insight into the future. Mm. I'm not talking about myself. I'm just talking mm. about generally people's predictions. Mm. And then it's more likely that you'll trust what they have to say. So this is another indicator we have to the accuracy of the Bible information. And one such example is found in the book of Daniel again. We already mentioned that book, but Mm. in chapter 2 of Daniel. In the story recorded there, Nebuchadnezzar, the then king of Babylon, this is before Belshazzar, Mm. or Belshazzar, sorry, (laughs) uh, um, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, but he can't remember what it is. And above all the wise men, inverted commas, of Babylon at the time, uh, they turned out that they weren't that wise, but Mm. there was a Hebrew captive, Daniel. And it's important to remember through this story that Daniel is a captive. You know, he's he's not 
one of the renowned men in Babylon. And yet the way he gets treated, he gets treated like a renowned man mm. because of this, this event that happens. So above all of these wise men uh, in Babylon, Daniel is the only one who's able to both tell Nebuchadnezzar what the dream was because he'd mm. forgotten. He woke up and he said, oh, I had a terrible dream. I can't remember what it was. Um, he was the only was, uh, one that was able to actually tell him the dream as well as interpret it for the king. So clearly that's something supernatural. Mm. For me to know what went on in your head last night when you were sleeping, that's not something I can physically do mm. unless I get some outside help from another spiritual being. Mm. So being written sometime after being captured in 605 BC, the Babylonians um, did that destruction of Jerusalem but uh, in 605 BC. Uh, so clearly Daniel was written sometime after that. He, written, he writes in the first person, uh, but it was probably written before, most likely written before Babylon's demise in 539 BC, so oh. somewhere between 605 and 539. And Daniel records that he was told the dream and the meaning by God mm. one night. And in the meaning of the dream, Daniel outlines that God's shown Nebuchadnezzar what the history of the world would look like in, like in that part of the world, right down through time until Jesus returns to the world. Mm. And interestingly enough, history in that part of the world has unfolded just as the dream said it would. Mm. There's been Babylon then there's been Media Persia, then there's been Greece, then then there's been Rome, then Rome was broken up into ten kingdoms. Oh. They became the Western Europe as we know it. And, and we've watched this prophecy unfold like a history book. Mm. It's just incredible. It's just incredibly. So when that happens, you say, well, maybe there's some truth in what was written here. Another example of the Bible's accuracy through prophecy can also be found in Daniel. Now, while the prophecy is found in the Bible, its fulfillment can be found outside the Bible as well. Okay, mm. So within the writings of Luke, there are a number of time descriptors for when Jesus was born, locating, locating it around 4 BC. So who was in power, who was the governor, and all these different things. So you can go to the history books and say, hey, those, that person was here, that person was there, that person was here. It's, uh, it, we can locate it very accurately. So this means that when Jesus was uh, 30, he was baptized in AD 27 and began his ministry. It also means that according to both the Bible prophecy and the first-hand witness accounts, Jesus died in AD 31 and then rose and returned to heaven that same year. The historical evidence from non-biblical writers like Pliny the Elder, Tacitus and Josephus all confirm these dates and events. Now, one of the things that Josephus writes that helps us to, or a number of things that Josephus writes that help us to see the accuracy of the Bible is the completion of some of the prophetic events mm. that uh, Jesus talked about in the Bible. So, the destruction of Jerusalem, um, Josephus was alive during that time and he writes about that history. And he writes about how 
um, the, the Romans built a wall entirely around the city. Mm. Entirely around the city. They, uh, and Jesus said they will build a rampart. And they did. That's like a wall all the way mm. around the city. So Jesus said they would. The Romans actually did it. Mm. Josephus records the, uh, the accuracy of what was done. He also, actually, there's a, there's an interesting um, a prophecy in Daniel, and it says the people of the prince, so Jesus being the prince, the people of the prince will destroy the city. And people say, no, hang on, the Romans destroyed the city, but when you read the account of Josephus, you see that it was the zealots inside the city that initially did more damage than the Romans. Because the the city was besieged, the zealots went in and they, or the zealots went around, should I say, robbing the rich, taking from everybody within the city, killing people who resisted, and thousands and thousands of people were killed in the city by the Jewish zealots, Mm. not the Romans. And um, Titus actually opened the gate, allowed the gate to be opened or said they could open the gate and nothing would happen to them. And they brought out a heap of the dead. It was so bad inside the city. So when you read these things, you think, no, no, the Bible's wrong. But when you read history, you see the Bible is actually correct. Mm. And, And they did a lot of this damage. Yes, it's almost like the Romans went in and finished the job out of mercy. But that's one view of history. So, really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so you're saying mm. that because history unfolded just as predicted in the Bible and with others confirming it as well, we can actually trust the content as well as the accuracy of the copied text. Absolutely. That's what mm. I'm saying. In actual fact, Jesus fulfilled over 300 direct and indirect prophecies, wow. which even the modern science has admitted would be absolutely impossible to happen by chance. Mm. There's no way. I mean, if you had um, lottery numbers that gave you that kind of chance, you would definitely pick them because it's simply impossible for one person to complete that many prophecies mm. um, just by accident. Wouldn't be possible. Wouldn't at all. Fascinating stuff. Um, We have to go to another break now. But before the break, I just want to tell you all about our book offer for today. Bible Answers Mega Book. 923 of life's toughest questions with simple, direct answers straight from Scripture. Violence, tornadoes, floods, abuse, fires, random shootings... Is there any hope? Do you have a future? Can you survive without God answering life's greatest questions? Bible Answers is a magazine-sized book with quick reference to Bible topics. The code is after the break. This next song is Give Me the Bible by Matt Meninkus and featuring Clint McCoy. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming. To cheer the wander, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way 
accept and promise, law and love combining, till night shall vanish in eternal When my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day steps enlightened Teach me the danger of these realms below That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten That light alone the path of peace can show Give me the Bible Holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day In eternal day In eternal day You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing our program today with David Maxwell on the topic of a trustworthy source. As promised, we have our code for the giveaway today. We have five copies to give away of Bible Answers Megabook, 923 of life's toughest questions with simple, direct answers straight from Scripture. To claim your free copy... Text in the code LISTEN1, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number one, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891. That code is LISTEN1, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number one. Text that in to 0488-880-891. Don't miss out. So, I think I might get a copy of that book. Yeah, text in. <laughs> oh, why not? Yeah. So, David, before the break, um, you're explaining that the Bible can be trusted as an accurate and trustworthy document that has been faithfully copied down through time. Could you please put it all together for us to explain why some have said there are inaccuracies or contradictions in the actual story? 
Yeah, certainly. Thanks, Carmelina. Look, this comes from a misunderstanding about the way the stories were provided in the Bible and address, and it, it addresses the difference between literal and verbal inspiration. So mm. let me explain. When the police are trying to determine what happens in an accident, they look for as many witnesses as possible and they ask everyone for a statement. So anyone who's willing to give one. Now, mm. of course, neither of the people involved were at fault. He just asked them. You know, no, mm. it was his fault. No, it was her fault. No, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, no one wants to admit. Now, I know there's an insurance thing that says, you know, never admit your fault, but nevertheless, <laughs> they simply don't. Mm. And, uh, they're both in the right. And this makes the police job even more difficult. So if they find two or three witnesses are saying exactly the same thing, almost the same words exactly or identical accounts, they tend to put those to one side mm. because it's more than likely that those people have corroborated Operated, they said, let's say this, let's say this, because mm. this is what, you know, it'll get the other person off the hook. Um, and it seems, it seems to be like, um, that's not how it happened, mm. but these people are trying to say, yes, it is. Mm. So they put these aside. They prefer a variety of stories where the details differ a little from people's, um, or the witnesses' perspective. So one was standing on the street. I heard, I heard a screech of brakes, or one will say, I heard the engine revving and then a screech of brakes. Mm. Um, so it seems to indicate that speed might have been involved there, you know? So mm. they want the different perspectives. Uh, because that gives them a more true picture of what actually happened. So the mm. same is true in the Bible. And you can see this from the Old Testament in books like Kings and Chronicles, where the same stories are recorded from a slightly different angle. Mm. So in the way in Kings, we'll say, if you want to know any more about that king, go to the Chronicles of the Kings. Yeah. Sometimes in Chronicles, it'll say, if you want to know more about that particular story, go to the Book of the Kings. Mm. So that's, um, that's what you'll find the Old Testament. And it's also highlighted in the New Testament, similar. Um, the underlying message, though, is what's important, not the exact wording mm. in most cases. So this is the difference between literal and verbal inspiration. It wasn't like God grabbed their hand with a pen in it and they just watched their hand moving and, mm. and the words were coming out and went, wow, look at that. <laughs> no, rather God actually told them what happened and told them what to write. Then he let them write it in their own words. Mm. So literary accuracy means the Actual stories are accurate. Mm. Some of the things that might help verify this are the things we've previously, previously mentioned today, like the witnesses, the archaeological evidence, and the outside parties mm. verifying the same thing. An example of this is the sign over the cross. Mm. So in the New Testament, in all four stories about Jesus' death on the cross by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's a record of what was written on the plaque above Jesus' head on the cross. Mm. So when you read through them, each one records slightly different words. So mm. some people say, see, the Bible contradicts itself. This guy says one thing, this one says another, this one says something else, and the fourth one says something else, else mm. as well. Well, when you, when you dig into it, you have to actually look a little bit historically. You have to look a little bit more information about the particular stories mm. and maybe read some of the other verses, read some of the context and also read, as we've seen, outside the Bible and do mm. some history checking. And if you consider the facts of this particular matter, in Luke, it says that the message was written in Greek, in Latin and Hebrew. Mm. Now, 
You have other languages that you understand, not just English, don't you? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> right? Yeah. I studied a little bit of French in mm. school. I've looked at Greek and Latin in my biblical studies. Uh, sorry, mm. Greek and Hebrew in my uh, biblical studies. And I also understand smatterings of, of um, Serbian oh. because my wife is Serbian. Yeah. When I look at the way language is put together, I see that you say things differently in one language uh, than another. So in English, I say David's car. Yes. In French, I say the car of David. Yes. Right? So English is two words. In French, is four words. Mm. And when you look at the interpretation here, if it was written in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, mm. the people who are reading it who have the native languages of each of those mm. will write that a different thing was written the way they are interpreting it or from the language they're interpreting it. So it makes sense that Mark, who's a Greek, mm. Matthew, who's a Jew or a Hebrew, mm. and Luke, who's an educated doctor who understood the Latin, mm. would read and record it slightly differently. Mm. So in actual fact, this confirms what Luke said, that it was written in three languages. Oh. If, if they were all the same words... You would say, uh, well, clearly it wasn't written in three languages because those three people from native languages mm. are copying each other's work. Yeah. But in actual fact, they read it yeah. as they, they wrote it, as they read it, as they interpreted it. But the underlying message is his name was Jesus, he was mm. from Nazareth, and he was the king of the Jews. Mm. So bringing you back to the opening illustration, I bring you back to the opening illustration of mm. Spare, Harry's book. Just as you don't really know if Harry is misremembering the facts of his book, unless someone's there who was there to verify it for us, so too we actually need these other factors to help us show the Bible is factual, accurate, and reliable. Very important. Mm. So through all these things I've shared today, in short, we can be assured that it is and we can trust the information that it contains. And in our next program, we're going to then look at this accurate and reliable document to see what it has to say about itself. Mm. Now we know that we can trust the information. So as my good friend once said, what is your purpose behind wanting to read and understand this book, the Bible? Mm. Is it just information? Is it just for curiosity? Is it just to look good in front mm. of other people? Or is it to really know and follow what it says? There is another reason, but we'll cover that next week. Absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you so much, David. We still have a couple of minutes until the end of our program. So did you have mm. any a bit of a promo you want to give us for next week's um, next week's program? So I believe it's called Ancient Words, Present Truth. Yeah, so we're, we're actually going to next week, we're going to look at some of these ancient words and how they apply to us today. Mm. Okay, what's actually in this book called the Bible and mm. why is it important for us to know? There are some very important facets that just reading a few chapters at the beginning of the Bible, it tells us where we came from. Now, remember, this is not just some made up story as we've mm. discovered. This is an accurate and authentic document. Yeah. So the document itself from those um, proofs that we've already talked about today mm. will show us where we came from, why this world's all so messed up, mm. and what God is doing about it. And then at the end, at the end of the book, mm. in the last few chapters, 
there's a summary of how God is going to fix it and what's going to happen afterwards. Oh. And in between those two pages or those few chapters mm. is the story of what God is doing through history to interact and to help mankind. That's just a quick summary. Oh. Well, thank you, David. appreciate you doing that. Be sure to tune in next week on Thursday, 9 a.m. to hear what David has to say about ancient words, present truth in his series, Are You Listening? Be sure to join us tomorrow with Jason Cook, Tamika Spaulding and myself. It'll be our first Connecting the Dots program of the year, and that title of that program is Pity and Pride. I will be running that one, so be with me, Lord. Um, but be sure to tune in mm. and listen to that as well. Just to remind you all of our giveaway for today, Bible Answers Megabook, 923 of Life's Toughest Questions with Simple, Direct Answers Straight from Scripture. I sure wish I had that book <laughs> mm. when I was a young person. But, yeah. Have you have you actually read that book, David? Have you seen it? No, or? but I, I would like to get it to look at what the questions are that people are asking. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, they might be asking similar questions. Mm. Um, so, yeah, be sure to text in the code LISTEN1 to 0488880891. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. This next song is Trust and Obey by Sierra Hall. Thank you, David. No worries. Thanks, Carmelie. When we walk with the Lord In the light of His Word What a glory He sheds on our way While we do He said